Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we are going to preview the San Francisco 49ers NFC Championship matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one seeded Philadelphia Eagles against the number two seeded San Francisco 49ers as both look to claim the throne of the National Football Conference and punch their ticket to Super Bowl 57 down in Phoenix, Arizona in three weeks' time. But this Sunday at noon Pacific, it is Niners against the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. It's supposed to be 70% Eagles fans, hopefully near 30% Niner fans. And let me tell you this, folks. Right now, I cannot be more hyped for any game. Chiefs, Bengals, do not care. Don't care. Because right now, what I see is two of the hottest teams in football going head-to-head. The juggernaut Philadelphia Eagles, number one seeded team almost all year long. Just when Jalen Hurts got hurt is when they started to kind of fumble a little bit. San Francisco, obviously, what, 12 wins in a row, needing just two more to win 14 straight games and win their sixth Lombardi trophy. But this Sunday... 12 o'clock in Philadelphia, get your cheese sticks warmed up, get your wings, your nachos, your fries, because, oh my goodness, your butt is not going to want to leave that seat. You're going to be glued to your couch, you'll have your beer, you'll have your six-pack, you'll have your iced tea, your water, your soda, your Pepsi, whatever you need, make sure you get it early, because every single snap in this game is going to matter. Every single second in this game is going to matter. And to look at this game, to preview this game on Sunday, which I hope not, but for all intents and purposes, could be the final game of the 2022-2023 season for the San Francisco 49ers. But in return, and I hope this is the case, it could be the final game in 2022-2023 For the Philadelphia Eagles. And I can tell you right now, I am so freaking tired of the media, the national media, not giving San Francisco their respect. I've heard it the last two weeks against Dallas, now against Philadelphia. Nobody wants to put respect on San Francisco's name. Before the Dallas Cowboys game, it was, you know, I don't know, San Francisco playing Dallas. Can Dak Prescott make the big win? Can can, can Dallas finally get over the hump? And then once they beat the Cowboys... It wasn't, look at what San Francisco did. Two takeaways, they scored 12 points. San Francisco beat the Dallas Cowboys. The media narrative was, look how bad Dallas played. The the media does not want to give credit, respect to San Francisco. Now this week, what is the media narrative here? Well, Jalen Hurts and, and Brock Purdy, there's a big gap there. It's so astronomical, that might be the difference. Or Philadelphia's roster is just so much better than San Francisco. If I were to go, and if there happened to be this metaphorical, you know, house of all the national media in one building, I would knock on the door and I'd say, hey, don't you remember that the San Francisco 49ers have won 12 straight games, beat the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, Knocked off your darling, Geno Smith, comeback player of the year, despite really not coming back for anything but sucking. (laughs) Like, they knocked both those teams out of the playoffs. They won and have won and hopefully will win 13-14, but 12 straight games this year have the number one defense in football. Yet somehow, someway, even with the third-string quarterback, you have not given this Niners team the offense, the head coach, and the quarterback, Brock Purdy, the respect they deserve. It's all Philadelphia talk, all Dallas Cowboy talk. None of the talk surrounds San Francisco and how great they've been this year. And I want to tell you right now that this game is going to be a dogfight. Again, every snap is going to matter. I am four and a half minutes into this show and I cannot stop yelling because I am so hyped for this game. The media is talking about Philadelphia blowing out San Francisco. And look, anything is possible. But I want to tell you right now, these teams are so evenly matched. Where Philadelphia has a weakness, San Francisco has a strength. Where San Francisco has a strength or weakness, Philadelphia has their strength. 
Everything is a freaking circle here. Where Philadelphia is bad, SF is good. Where SF is bad, Philadelphia is good. This game is going to be Mike Tyson and Holyfield duking it out for nine freaking rounds. And look, maybe somebody has to bite ear off. I don't know. <laughs> but this game is two juggernauts going head-to-head -head on the football field. But I want to dive into exactly how each team is carrying themselves. And... I got into a conversation with a listener earlier this week where he said, look how Philadelphia is carrying themselves. Look at all the players who haven't been there, haven't done that. And I said, you're right. Like, that's actually a good point. And I dove into it a little bit. And I don't know who annoys me more. You guys know I don't like Pete Carroll. Most Slander fans don't like Pete Carroll. But I cannot stand Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni. Great head coach, had a great year. He has every right to be cocky and arrogant and, and hyped up on his team. But you look at what he does and how he carries himself, and there's a massive difference in how Kyle Shanahan carries himself. Yes, personalities differ. I am not you. You are not me. And that can mean absolutely squat when it comes to what happens on Sunday. But I'm watching Nick Sirianni play the Giants and kick their butt. My goodness, Philadelphia annihilated the Giants at home. But he's in the camera like, yeah, yeah, we belong here. He's talking to refs saying, I'm allowed to be down here. He's cursing at refs. And his team is resting 12 players knowing that they have to be 100% on Sunday against San Francisco. On the flip side, what is Kyle Shanahan doing? He's focused, talking about how important this game is. Only resting players that are actually hurt. There's this quiet confidence in Kyle Shanahan saying, I've been there. I've been here before. I've done this before. I know what it's like to win a game like this. I also know what it like or what it feels like to lose a game like this. And that's no more or there is no more telling statistic than this. 17 of 23 starters for the Niners have played in an NFC or AFC championship game. Only 6 of Philadelphia's 23 have done the same thing. Shanahan and their coaches, four NFC Championship games. For Nick Sirianni's Eagles, zero. Philadelphia could go ahead and win this game on Sunday. It could happen. They're a great team having a great year. Many people are picking them for a reason. I get that. But my heart and my mind says, and it's so funny because everyone's talking about, you know, Brock Purdy doesn't have the experience. Well, the difference is his entire coaching staff has four NFC championship games of experience behind him. Everyone acts like it's quarterback against quarterback. Even the whole Tom Brady against Brock Purdy. They're, they're not playing each other. They do not have to beat each other. It's Brock Purdy against Philadelphia's defense. Jalen Hurts against San Francisco's defense. This is not Hurts against Purdy. This is technically not defense against defense. This, really, the the battle of one-on-one -on -one is Shanahan against Sirianni. And even that conversation really is Demeco Ryans against Philadelphia's offense and Shanahan against Philadelphia's defense. But I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, look, in the eye of the storm, that is the NFC Championship game, who do you trust? And I'll use a biblical reference here. If you're not a Bible fanatic like I am or, or read the Bible, you might not know it. But in the middle of the storm... The disciples, John the Baptist, right? They're all on the boat. John, Peter, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. In the middle of a storm. Oh my goodness, there's a, there's a hurricane, tornadoes. How are we going to escape this? What does Jesus do? He comes out calm, cool, collected and says, Hey, storm, stop. What happens? The sea's calm. The waters die down. The rain stops. Everybody's okay. Now, I'm not comparing Kyle Shanahan to Jesus Christ himself, because I'm not sacrilegious. But in this moment, who do you trust? Do you trust the steady hand that doesn't do the talking, that is in the lab preparing, scheming up, plays, getting his guys ready, instilling confidence in them, or the guy wearing the freaking chain after beating the Giants in the next round, looking at cameras, yelling, I belong here, I belong here. Do you know who tells you they belong here? People who know they don't belong here. Now look, 
again, just like Dallas, I want to give Philadelphia all the credit in the world. They're a great team. One of the best defenses in football. They have the most sacks, 70 sacks this year. The most in football. Insane season for them. Amazing pass defense. An MVP-level quarterback. Miles Sanders, a pro bowler. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. This team is stacked. There's a reason why they are the number one seed. But in return, might I say, there's a reason San Francisco finished one game behind that same number one seed. The media cannot stop hyping them up. Like, the whole media, oh my goodness, Philadelphia is so great. San Francisco finished one game behind them, folks. One game. Had San Francisco not lost against the Bears or the Broncos, that's San Francisco's number one seed. And, and guess what? That media narrative still doesn't change. So what does that tell you? In a game like this where the media is trying to overlook you, somehow, some way, San Francisco finds themselves being the underdog. And when you're the underdog with a team that has Nick Bosa, your defensive player of the year, Kyle Shanahan, a coach of the year candidate, Brock Purdy, a rookie of the year candidate, Chris McCaffrey, a comeback player of the year candidate, Tomeko Ryan's an assistant coach of the year candidate. And you're going to tell me that team that has Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, the best linebacking core in football, not to mention All-Pro last year, Devo Samuel, George Kittle, 11 touchdowns to end the season. That team's an underdog? I do not want to know what it's like to face that team with their backs against the wall. We saw them 3-4. and four about to go 3-5 and five potentially and have the exact same year as they had last year. And they said, no, no, not today. 12 straight wins, some amazing comebacks against the Raiders. Two amazing playoff wins, one by a lot and one by a little, the last two weeks. I And if I'm Philadelphia fans, I understand your confidence in your team. I would have the same confidence. But I would like to say, and, and for all Niner fans too, we have to start giving the opponent the respect they deserve. Philadelphia is a heck of a team. I am not coming into this game saying it's a guaranteed win like it would have against Seattle and maybe even against Dallas. This game is going to be a dogfight. There's going to have to be, I don't want to say this literally, but cheap shots. There's going to have to be in some form, some way, someone's going to have to take a risk is what I'm trying to say. Whether it's a blitz play from a safety. Uh, a deep ball down the middle of the field. Like There's going to have to be a big play that separates these two teams because they're so close. They're inches apart. One game separates this team. And to start off 13 minutes into the podcast, to start, right? <laughs> I want to tell you why I'm worried and why I still think San Francisco can come out the victor on Sunday against Philadelphia. So why am I worried? Why should us as Niner fans worry about Philadelphia? And I think the number one thing is obvious. It's Jalen Hurts. He's an MVP. And what he brings to the table is the ability to run the football. And it's funny because there's been so many stats out there, and we'll get into a lot of them here, but a lot of the conversation is, well, San Francisco has been so good this year against the run. In 2022 against the designed quarterback runs or or QB option runs, right, the RPO read options, Niners defense is number one in yards per attempt, 2.6 yards. This is the difference. You didn't play Kyler Murray twice this year. Now, Cardinals are a bad team. We know this. I know this. Everybody in the NFL knows this. Cliff Kingsbury's in freaking Thailand. Even he knows it, right? You didn't play many mobile quarterbacks this year. That concerns me. You don't necessarily, in the game this year, yes, the past matters here, history matters, they, the, this defense has played plenty of mobile quarterbacks, right? History does not align with San Francisco. I saw Jalen Hurts last year against this same defense almost beat them in Philadelphia. It was a tough game. It was a good game. It was a tight game, though. And Jalen Hurts, 
is by far much better this year than he was last year. He's an MVP finalist this year. And I'm sitting here and I'm saying, okay, this Niners team had a big run, or excuse me, Dak Prescott had a big run against this Niners defense last week. Other than that, Jared Stidham may, may have had the best mobile, quote-unquote, mobile quarterback performance against this defense all year. Justin Fields had a couple big plays. Mariota had a couple big plays. Like, this defense does historically, and in small spurts this year, has struggled against mobile quarterbacks. How do you stop that? One, obviously a quarterback spy, whether it's Warner or Greenlaw or safety. I don't know. But if it's me, and I'm San Francisco, it's not just about stopping the RPO. It's about you have to get pressure. And thankfully, on top of that, go back and watch the Giants and Eagles game. It didn't necessarily look like Jalen Hurts, who's not a small guy by any means. It didn't look like he wanted to get hit, where maybe to a certain extent he is nursing that shoulder still, where if he can avoid big hits, he'll, he can still run perfectly fine. The issue is he's not going to want to take that big hit. And if you're San Francisco, and I'm not saying take a cheap shot by any means, but if you get the opportunity to hit him, by all means, you better make it worth it. I'm not saying headhunt. I'm not saying hurt the guy. Don't do that. I don't condone that whatsoever. But if he's going to be up and he's not going to slide, Take a shot. You're going to have to make the opposition cleanly, not dirty, cleanly pay for staying up. You want to play this game hurt against this defense, these linebackers, Hufunga? <laughs> you, like, you have to make sure that he pays cleanly again for running against your defense. And that's the message you send of, hey, if you're going to run, it's going to hurt. You know what happens then? For a guy like Hurt, who is hurt, he sit there and go, okay, coach, like, my shoulder's kind of hurting here. I'm kind of banged up already. I don't want to take too many shots. So I do think to a certain extent, I don't think he's going to be, you know, the RPO magician we've seen this year. He's not going to be Lamar Jackson, right? Which, again, Hurts had amazing year, amazing year. He's not going to be Lamar Jackson. But you have to get pressure. You have to not just... It's not about sacking the quarterback. It's important. You have to get there. But if you can get pressure on Jalen Hurts, his entire game changes. Yes, the ability to run is still there. But when looking at his stats under pressure, Jalen Hurts is the number 20th quarterback in football in passer rating under pressure. He's not the same guy. As most quarterbacks aren't, the more they get pressured, the worse they usually are. But in return, Brock Purdy is the fourth best quarterback under pressure. 88.1 passer rating compared to 65.2 of Jalen Hurts. You can manipulate how Jalen Hurts plays football by getting to the quarterback. It's not an, 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 you know, this amazing new concept of you have to get pressure. No duh. No duh you have to get pressure. But it is so important in a game like this where most quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Geno Smith, even Dak Prescott, right? Not the mobile guys. It's so much easier to get pressure against them because they're essentially statues. They can run, you know, they're a little more mobile than, you know, Tom Brady being Geno and Prescott. But a guy like Hertz who can do design runs, RPOs, is unafraid to essentially take the big hits I talked about. It's important to, because he's so good with the deep ball, he ranks 4th in DVOA in deep ball. San Francisco ranks 24th in defending deep ball passes. Like, you have to get pressure not just because he can run. You have to get pressure because the more pressure you get on him, the less time he has to hurt you with his arm. And you want to take away big chunk plays, the same chunk plays we've seen this defense struggle to avoid, right? CeeDee Lamb, 10 receptions, 117 yards last week. Yes, I know, 12 points. I get that. DK Metcalf, 
10 receptions, 136 yards. Devontae Adams, 7 receptions, 153 yards. This defense is not afraid or has shown the willingness and unfortunately the ability to give up big play after big play to big name number one receivers. And you're telling me that this defense ranked 24th in pass defense on deep balls is playing the fourth best quarterback with the deep ball and has not just A.J. Brown, who is essentially their Debo Samuel, albeit not jet sweeps and stuff, and has Devontae Smith and has Dallas Goddard. Now, I would like to think if you are going to eliminate one of these players, it's going to be Dallas Goddard because over the middle, my money's on Fred Warner. My money's on Dre Greenlaw. My money is on Jimmy Ward, right? My worry is that it's going to be Mooney Ward on A.J. Brown, a bigger, stronger, faster receiver than him. We saw what DK did, right? We've all seen that picture on Twitter, right? It's DK and A.J. Brown flexing at was it, uh, Ole Miss, right? It's a horrifying picture for any small cornerback like Mooney Ward. Heck of a corner. That's a big man. That's a bad man, as Stephen A. Smith might say. But even for a guy like Demo, Demo, ugh, Demo Lenore, you're guarding Devontae Smith? who is a bona fide, low-end, number one receiver, guaranteed easily top-tier number two receiver, this is not going to be a pretty game for San Francisco if they cannot get pressure. And if you can't get pressure, you have to cover like your life depends on it. And I mean, not just like, oh no, you might be a big play. No, no, this team can score on any play. This, this same offense... With Gardner Minshew leading the way, who turned the ball over three times, put up 40 points against Dallas. This offense cannot be toyed with, cannot be messed with. This offense is one of the best in football. But again, going back to you have to get pressure. You must get pressure on Jalen Hurts. He is public enemy number one. He is the X factor. He is the game changer for Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts against zone coverage and under pressure this year, 17th in expected points per play, 16th in passer rating. San Francisco plays zone defense near the top of the NFL when it comes to percentages of of plays in zone coverage. You get zone coverage, you're already helping yourself, right? Boom, I'm assuming Demeco Ryan's going to do that. But if you can get pressure... On top of zone coverage, my friend, you have yourself a recipe for success. Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback, but everyone's talking like he is unpenetrable, that he's unbeatable. He's not. Jalen Hurts was the quarterback when this same Eagles team gave up 49 rushing attempts against Washington. This team lost in prime time against Washington. The same team San Francisco put up 37 points against and beat them. I get it. I get it. Right? It's all stats. It's all conjecture. Stats can mean so much and can mean so little. Sometimes you can have every stat in the world and it, it can align with what you think, what I think, what the, what the populace thinks. Come game time... That is in the shredder, out the window, flown away, torn up. It, it's gone. Because the other team showed up today more than the other team did. Right? And it's funny because I feel like that you know, FS1, ESPN, all the talk is about you know, how good Philadelphia is. You know, how hard of a job San Francisco is going to have playing Philadelphia. And yes, it's going to be a dogfight. It's the NFL playoffs. Every game is going to be tough. Philadelphia had 38 points against the Giants, 28 in the first half. Like, they, by all means, have had an easier road in the playoffs. San Francisco's played two games. Guys like Elijah Mitchell, Chris McCaffrey, they're hurt. The calf from McCaffrey, ironically, right? But, like... With that all being said, none of that matters. CMC is going to play. 
Mitchell will play most likely. And it comes down to who can execute the best. Who's not going to take a playoff? Who was going to blink first? And I talked about in the Dallas game, previewing it, okay, you know, it. this game feels like, you know, whoever blinks last, whoever has the ball last will win. And you can tell late in that game, Dallas started to blink over and over and over again. They were like, oh, my God. And San Francisco saw their – saw – the time they had and okay this window is closing how do we maximize it boom Chris McCaffrey boom amazing George Kittle pass over the middle right or, or catch over the middle right and so in this game that window to find success is going to be 10 times smaller it's going to be you know the width of a of a thumbtack it's going to be that thin right All right the piece of the pie is not going to be a whole pie it's there's one piece of that pie left. This this is you know Willy Wonka and like Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory one golden ticket, one team gets to win. You have to come out on Sunday, and freaking be like Charlie, be like Papa, I got it, Papa, I got it, Grandpa, I got it, and go see some Oompa Loompas in Arizona. Like you have to be able to come into this game and execute. And thankfully for San Francisco, I think there is a chance or maybe a sliver of hope if I want to give the media or the national media their their due diligence or or or, or their due here. Because Philadelphia, great quarterback, great receivers, the best offensive line in football, bar none. Kelsey, Lane Johnson, uh, Landon Dickerson, like this is an amazing front seven or at least front offensive line for Philadelphia. But the defensive side, right? Getting pressure against the offensive line is not going to be easy. It's not. Whether it's Nick Bosa or Amenahu, who, whoever going on with him, my God. But he's probably going to play on Sunday. Whether it's Armstead. But the difference is, and, and, and it's funny because, again, we have all these stats. This team is not last year's team. Last year is not this year's team. But a lot of the players are the same. And I can point to last year's game against Philadelphia, which in the long run, I said it plenty of times, it does not matter. But I saw our front seven have a little fun with their offensive line. Now, that can mean absolutely nothing. Probably means nothing right now. And their offensive line is playing like a cohesive unit. Like, I would not be surprised if Nick Bosa still didn't have a sack. But the odds that he goes three consecutive games with no sacks, I mean, likely not very high. So I am expecting a Nick Bosa two-sack, one-and-a-half-sack performance. But going back to how I think San Francisco can, and I think will eventually win this game, is Philadelphia's defense, despite being an amazing pass-coverage team, they do, like... What San Francisco likes to do offensively with motion and running the football, that is exactly where Philadelphia says, uh-oh, and they get on their heels and say, we can't stop that. Coming into this game, Philadelphia's pass defense ranks number one in football when there is no pre-snap motion. With pre-snap motion, 22nd in football. Can you name the team in the NFL that is number one in pre-snap motion for offenses? I'll give you two seconds. One, two, it's Kyle Shanahan's San Francisco 49ers. Every single play, there is pre-snap motion. Almost every single play. Even on quarterback sneaks, there is pre-snap motion. I mean, I would not be surprised. Even on punts, there's pre-snap motion somewhere. Kyle Shanahan loves his pre-snap motion. And right there, you're seeing a 21 ranking, 21 point drop-off for Philadelphia when it comes to playing any other offense that doesn't use pre-snap motion. Whereas Kyle Shanahan says, every play is going to have pre-snap motion. But against the run, 
Philadelphia against the run has allowed 100 rushing yards 13 times this year. 13 times. San Francisco, just five. And to make that maybe a little more simple for you, and even myself, because I'm kind of stupid sometimes, but essentially, it is the Niners rank number two in defense in allowing 100 rushing yards five times. Philadelphia, 21st. Folks, there is a lane, a, a, a clear lane for victory. I could argue that Philadelphia's lane for victory is the deep ball RPO. San Francisco's is running the football pre-snap motion. Now, I'm not sure how many of you have watched Eagles games this year. I'm sure not many. Even myself, I watch Red Zone usually, then I watch Niner games, you know. Watch the entire slate, then get on, then watch Niner games and, you know, go home happy, right? But I can tell you right now, if San Francisco can get a sliver of pressure, Philadelphia's lane for victory gets tighter and tighter and slimmer and slimmer and narrower and narrower. Whereas San Francisco, because I do think that their their path to victory is wider than Philadelphia's, even if Philadelphia in their defense shows up on Sunday, San Francisco's path to victory is still going to be wider than Philadelphia's. It's hard in this league to throw deep on any defense. And I know San Francisco isn't great against it. I get that stuff. But you need time to do that. And if San Francisco can get pressure, that time gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then it's, hey, Jalen Hurts, you're either sacked, you're scrambling for yards, which he can, or you're taking a hit. And I and one of and two of those things is not what Philadelphia wants. And for San Francisco, it's okay. What does Kyle Shanahan always want to do? He wants to run the football over and over and over again. There's a reason why this team traded five for five draft picks, excuse me, for Christian McCaffrey. Like this team knew how important CMC was going to be to this offense, and he has been using all the stats. I've listed them off plenty of times. But to give you more of a, you know, analytical approach to to how San Francisco's running attack can beat Philadelphia or how bad Philadelphia's rushing defense has been in the last 6 games that is two with Hurts four without Hurts Philadelphia's defense has given up 123 157 115, 129, 129 again, and 118 yards on the ground. Their rushing defense, for all the talk of, you know, they've been so much better since week eight. Since week seven, Lin- Linville Joseph, Ndamukong Sue. The acquisitions are nice. They've made improvement. But it's slight improvement. They went from 28th to 15th. And you think a Kyle Shanahan, Chris McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, George Kittle-led offense can't run against the 15th-ranked rushing defense in football? I mean, come on now. I don't see how people aren't finding the holes in Philadelphia. And that plays right into the hand of Kyle Shanahan. You don't think Kyle Shanahan saw Washington run the football 49 times against this defense and say, that is exactly what I want to do. That is the offense I want to run. With lesser talent, Shanahan has McGlinchey and Burford and Brendel and Banks and the best left tackle in football, Trent Williams, and Brock Purdy playing out of his mind. And Chris McCaffrey, the best running back outside of Josh Jacobs in football this year. I mean, folks, again, tough game. Very equally matched opponents in regards to strengths and weaknesses. But Philadelphia's path to victory is smaller than San Francisco's. Yes, there's big plays involved in how they want to win. 
But San Francisco saying, okay, you can essentially play keep away. How do you, like, look, George Kittle said this best, that they have to start faster. And I don't think that he meant faster is, you know, five play drive, score a touchdown. What he means is you have to execute sooner. You can't wait till the third, fourth quarter to pick things up. And if San Francisco wants to start this game right, let's say that they get the ball first. Obviously, you want the defense to set the tone. But if they get the ball first, for Brock Purdy in the offense, you know what you want? 13 play, 75 yards, 8-minute drive. Boom, bang. The crowd gets quiet. You put up 7 points. And you've then told Jalen Hurts, the time that you have to score against us has diminished by half a quarter. And that's not always sustainable. But if you can do that over and over and over again, make that defense tired early. Make that defense have to stop you on third down. And even then, the Eagles' defense is 32nd in defending short-yarded runs on third down. They're 22nd in stopping running backs behind the line of scrimmage, and they're 21st in giving up carries that gain 5 to 10 yards per play. I'm telling you, folks, Philadelphia is a great team. Darius Slay, uh, C.J., Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, CGJ is his name, excuse me. (laughs) Avante Maddox, who might play. This is a heck of a defense. I don't see Brock Purdy having to pass 35 times against the best passing defense in football. I don't see that. I see Shanahan saying, hey, let's give it to the best running back in football outside of Josh Jacobs. Set up play action. Run that defense into the ground. And put up points. And Philadelphia, like, Kyle Shanahan, and it's so funny because Nick Sirianni, they got into the playoffs last year. And they got their A-double-S kicked by the Buccaneers. Now, again, different year, different story. But Nick Sirianni, this is his first year of real success. It's an amazing year with a great team. But I'm sitting here saying Kyle Shanahan, he's an offensive genius. And this is his opportunity to come out and make that statement. Now, in San Francisco, I know we have for qualms with him. There are certain things I talked about. Squib kick two weeks ago. Clock management's been an issue for me recently. But this is Kyle Shanahan's moment where... The media is not giving this offense a chance. They are already counting out San Francisco's offense. You know, it's Brock Purdy, pick 262, Mr. Irrelevant. They can't beat that defense. This is Kyle Shanahan's opportunity to say, he doesn't have to beat the defense. We have to beat the defense. And I do think we, in Kyle Shanahan's scheme, can. You don't think that the... The already pre-drawn plays, the scripted plays for Kyle Shanahan aren't going to be on the money. Now again, players have to execute. But you don't think Kyle Shanahan has that laminated script play saying, I got 25 killers right here. And if he comes out on Sunday and this offense makes a statement and they win this game, put up 25, 26, 30 points against this defense, you know what happens? It's, oh my goodness, how did we ever you know, count out San Francisco? How did they beat Philadelphia? Oh my goodness, how did Philadelphia blow the lead? And somehow, some way, San Francisco, even if they win on Sunday, will still not get their credit. It's, oh, you mean Brock Purdy? Wow, he surprised us. Oh, like you haven't seen it for the past seven weeks? Come on. I get it. It's playoff football. Everything gets tight. Every it, it, It's like you have a cramp in your leg at 2 a.m. in the morning. And you're like, you know, you get up, you're like, my leg, oh my God, oh my God. You get out of bed and you put the leg out straight and you're like, oh my goodness, this thing hurts so bad. It's so tight. Every play is going to be so, the windows are so much tighter. 
but I, I, I don't get why people cannot give Brock Purdy his due. People can't see that San Francisco this year, this year, in 21 personnel ranks near the top of football, while, while the Philadelphia Eagles rank 24th. John Jennings, that dog is going to be on the field plenty. Juice, Kyle Juszczyk, like we are going to see a heavy run offense from San Francisco. Brock Purdy should have, what, 20 passes, 24 passes at most? Like, this game is going to be, and I hate to say it, but a very Jimmy Garoppolo-esque offense. And I don't mean that in as a knock. I mean that as a, you can exploit Philadelphia on the ground so much that while Brock Purdy can carry over the success he's had, the big plays he's hit, I just feel like Kyle Shanahan is going to say, look, the pressure, while yes, it exists, is not on Brock Purdy entirely. And he can alleviate that pressure by gashing Philadelphia's defense over and over and over again with the run. Now, I don't want to end the podcast without talking about how good Philadelphia's defensive line is. Because they have four guys, four players with over 11 sacks. And one thing Philadelphia is really good at is they love to play five-man fronts. So expect a lot of George Kittle playing blocking tight end again, you know, playing the fifth tackle, essentially. But they're also great at dropping their defensive ends in coverage, which not many teams do. But it's not like Kyle Shanahan hasn't seen that before. Philadelphia is going to pull the tricks in the book. They're going to blitz. They're going to pull their... Their defensive ends back, five-man fronts, four-man fronts. They're going to make life difficult for San Francisco. But while different personnel, you know who else loves running five-man fronts? The team Kyle Shanahan owns the most, the Los Angeles Rams. And again, I, I know personnel's different there. But deep down in my heart, this feels like a game everyone's saying, oh, look at Philadelphia, they're so great, they're so good. How could anyone not pick them? I could easily see a game where this is like 26 to 20 San Francisco. And you're like, wow, that was a master class of offense from Kyle Shanahan. This is a game where I can see the offenses playing the bigger role, you know, there's there's probably not going to be many takeaways in this game. Hurts doesn't throw picks. Purdy, although he almost throws picks, okay, that's great. (laughs) Okay, it's not like the almost picks are going to go away, but I think because of the run offense Kyle Shanahan should throw out there, it's not going to happen as much, right? And I think because of how well the run offense will do, it opens up lanes to pass, the play action. There's going to be guys open, folks. Purdy has to hit them. Obviously, that's a given. No no does, Sterling. We get that. Like, it, it's football. But I think the offenses is where the big plays are going to come from. I'm not talking 70-yard touchdown passes. What I mean is, this is going to be a game where I think there's going to be long offensive drives. Because I just think the defenses are going to tighten up so much where it's, you know, 10-play drives, 13-play drives. Like, the the offenses are going to have to gut their way down the field. And I think San Francisco's offense is, they're built much better for that. Philadelphia, great team. Miles Sanders, good running back. Hurts, amazing quarterback. Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, right? I just think that Philadelphia... San Francisco is more equipped to stop Philadelphia's rushing attack than Philadelphia is to stop San Francisco's, and vice versa. Philadelphia is much more equipped to stop San Francisco's passing attack than than San Francisco is their passing attack. But I do think that <laughs> I do think that San Francisco, because they are going to be able to establish the run, 
it'll open up their offense much faster than Philadelphia's. And so on Sunday, when it's Nick Bosa against Hassan Reddick, and it's Fletcher Cox against Eric Armstead, and it's Sue, and it's Linville Joseph, and it's all these players that the national media wants you to know who are good players. They've been there for a long time. They've played in Super Bowls and championship games. Reminder, only six of them have. The Niners are the more experienced team. They are the better offense when it comes to running the football. They have, I could argue, equally, if not more offensive weapons than Philadelphia. I mean, I'm talking CMC, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, and Mitchell. And they have Brown, an amazing receiver, who is probably going to have a, a big play in this game. Like, it, it, here's the thing. A.J. Brown was complaining about not getting touches or, or being involved in the offense, so I can easily see them, you know, drawing up plays for him early in this game. But look, folks, this is going to be tough. I'm not saying it's 45-41 to 41 San Francisco, and I don't think anybody should expect that, and I don't think you are either. I think that on Sunday... With the NFC Championship game on the line, I think guys like Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, guys like Aaron Banks and Jake Brendel and Spencer Burford and Daniel Brunskill and Mike McGlinchey, guys who we overlook or know of but don't think of, are going to play the biggest roles in this game for San Francisco. Guys like Demo Lenore, guys like Gibson and Hufunga, those are the guys who have the weaknesses to exploit that have to step up in this game. San Francisco has shown the ability to stop big plays. It's just inconsistent. Philadelphia, excuse me, Miami, Kansas City against the Raiders. There are times when they blink. San Francisco cannot blink on Sunday. And Philadelphia is hoping they don't blink. Because this game might come down to who blinks last. I would not be surprised if this game ends on a game-winning field goal. And look, Philadelphia, great team. But my money's on as good it's it's good as gold. <laughs> Robbie Gold, game-winning field goal. I think it's going to be 26-23 San Francisco wins in Philadelphia. And... In my heart, I believe San Francisco is going to advance to their second Super Bowl since 2019 after winning their second NFC title since 2019 and finally get back to where they needed to be the entire time and hopefully, hopefully, not only win their sixth Lombardi because this Cinderella story has not met its final chapter yet. I don't think it has read the end just yet. It doesn't say Finn in big letters at the end of Sunday's book. There's no way. There's no way. There might be a to-be-continued, but not a finish. And I do think on Sunday, San Francisco pulls this thing out. Philadelphia is a great team, a really good team. Great quarterback. Great offensive line, an amazing defensive line that can get pressure and they can get sacks. But I will say this. Philadelphia's defensive line gets less pressure percentage. Pressure rate is almost 4% less than Dallas's. And Dallas didn't do jack squat against San Francisco's offensive line. Again, everyone's talking about how good Philadelphia is. They have holes. And San Francisco, in some areas, has seemed better. I, while respect Philadelphia, and I am not afraid of them. Am I worried? A little sense of it, but I'm not afraid. I respect them. I can see why people might pick them. I can see fans saying, mobile quarterback, MVP caliber quarterback on their end, big physical team. And in response, I can say, yeah, and we have a Hulk. <laughs> We got Debo Samuel and George Kittle and the number one ranked offense 
coming off of giving up 12 points in the playoffs. Like, folks, it's a dogfight. Get your popcorn ready, as T.O. would say. Get your chips, your Doritos, your hot dogs, your burgers, and hunker down on Sunday. It's Niners against the Philadelphia Eagles, 12 p.m. on Sunday. And if there's any chance you haven't bought tickets yet to this game, or you want to book tickets for the Pro Bowl games, if you want to do that, I don't know why you would. Or if you want to clinch and punch your ticket, a cheaper ticket, I might add, to the Super Bowl, you are going to want to use our promo code 49ERSACCESS, 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. You can also use our Fanatics link down in the description. Buy yourself some Niners gear, whether it's a Purdy jersey, a CMC jersey, or once San Francisco wins on Sunday against Philadelphia and you want to buy your heartbroken Eagles fan friend, you can help them nurse their tears with a Brock Purdy jersey of their own. It's a great present. They'll love it. It'll fit all nice and snuggle them, and they can embrace being part of the faithful. You can also follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter. Almost at 2,900 followers on Twitter. Inching closer to 15,000 on Instagram. Don't forget to leave a like, share, subscribe, leave that review. And on Sunday at noon Pacific, lock in load up because the Niners on Sunday will hopefully punch their ticket and clinch their spot to Super Bowl 57 against either the Bengals or the Chiefs and folks it's going to be fun and until next time hopefully we're celebrating a victory on our way to potentially a chance at our sixth Lombardi trophy in franchise history my name is Sterling Bennett saying have a great Sunday. Hopefully it's a victory Monday coming up for us next week. And until next time, stay faithful.